Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. A rainy, now rainy, I guess, Saturday in April. Um, and I want to start with the rain because the rain started as soon as the spring game ended. I don't know how Neil Brown pulled that off, but it certainly is his kind of week. Big contract extension, decent to very good weather for the spring game. It rains afterwards, gets off the field. No, as near as we can tell, notable injuries. And Will Aldrich, a point I think a lot of people will agree with that you'll make, this was pretty much a, a crowd-pleasing occasion here. Um, spring games aren't easy or fun to coordinate or execute, but all things considered, they did a pretty nice job with this one. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's, it's going to be back. It's been, it's been a little bit since I've been on here, but uh, yeah, I, mean, I definitely agree. I think this was uh, probably the most hands-on spring game that we've seen in a while. Um, if not ever. And I think Neil really made that a priority from the beginning. And it obviously comes right after his the announcement of his contract extension. So I think even though maybe it was a little bit cloudy of a day, I think it was still a lot of energy in the stadium for what I could see on the stream. Um, and it looked like it was a pretty decent environment as we try to work through the, hopefully the bottom half of this, this COVID-19 football experience. Did you see the attendance figure, by the way? I did not. I did not see the actual number. All right. We'll, we'll put you on the spot here, Will. Uh, what do you think? You want me to make a, a prediction? Give me a guess. It's here. I have it in front of me. It's four figures, so I'll give you that much of a hint. I would say from what I could saw, from what I could see, I would say maybe 7,000, 8,000. 8,312. Good job, Will. I mean, I, and I didn't even think I was good, that good at guessing that kind of stuff, but yeah, yeah I'm no I decent on TV. Jelly bean. I never won the jelly bean <laughs> jar, so that's not my thing, too, and I can only see half the stadium. Um, I've watched it from the stadium, and that's kind of a weird thing, because I'm six feet from anybody on either side of me in the press box, and I'm making great observations, like, you know, for example, Avery Wilcox is all over the place in limited action, and that would have been a really good point to make in a crowd of people. There was nobody around me, and then, like, two minutes later, he gets a pick six, so... That was unfortunate. It's a very different experience in person than on the stream. Uh, this is oh, a spring game that has been streamed. I've heard mixed reviews. What is your review of the Big 12 Now experience here? Well, it's funny you say that um, because that, that video posted right at the end, right at the end of, uh, of the game. I was going to make a joke that that was a better angle than I had seen all game streaming it on ESPN+. Plus. I mean, it was, it was a little bit tougher for the people that weren't there to kind of feel what was going on i mean even the 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 field goal competition we couldn't even see really the ball going in it was kind of a zoom in on the kicker so it was just a little funky for the most part um especially on some of the deep throws um still kind of a work in progress i guess for big 12 now um but yeah i think we'll call it a we'll call it a work in progress were there a lot of commercials from what i could see not really um yeah, I, I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of tuned out at, during the commercial breaks, but I, I, not from what I could see, I didn't, not really many that I could think of. Well, in the middle of either the, okay, in the middle of either the second quarter or halftime or the beginning of the third quarter, I can't remember when, but it had been kind of jagged, you know, herky jerky, start stop, start stop, and it wasn't change of possession stuff. It was just kind of pauses, and I wasn't sure why. And when you have a, a televised football game, there's that guy who wears like the red hat and red jacket. He comes out in the field and he stands there, so you know they're in commercial. No such thing like that today. And it appeared to me that Brown was getting agitated by it. And then at one point, like I said, somewhere in the middle, second 
quarter, halftime, third quarter, he grabs the mic and he says, if you're worried, if you're upset about all these pauses, it's not me. It's the television <laughs> the commercials. So he had had enough because if you know a little or a lot about him, you know he's very script oriented and he wants to go from E to B to C. They treated this as close to a practice as they could. They obviously had some some you know fan friendly deviations there, but he wanted to stay on a practice script. And I think the fact that he had to keep stopping and starting and stopping and starting, you know, they like to go from one drill to another very quickly here. Like that's not a break between one period. You're moving from one period to the other very fast, and you're not you're not taking time in between. And these guys are getting breaks. And I don't think you like that. And I was wondering if there were a lot of commercials, and he finally said that. And I thought that was kind of funny too. But to spin it back here. Didn't have a spring game last year. Didn't have one in 2018. Um, the 2019, they made a really big deal of. That had the uniform reveal. And then I think they tried hard here, too, with um, Deuce McBride. That was a cool surprise. I think people had maybe bigger hopes for his involvement. Like, he would tear off his uh, pullover and actually have a basketball jersey on and say he was coming back for next season. But, no, we got a football jersey, and he threw a ball into a net, and that was cool to see. Uh, Will, did you know he played high school quarterback? I uh, I don't think I picked that up during any of the times I was watching any of the road games. Um, yes. <laughs> but then some of the things, too, the competitions are cool. We Chris and I were trying to figure out how the heck they were going to do this game. We said, well, maybe you can make it like a carnival a little bit and have these little competitions where, you know, is it strong man? Is it, you know, I don't know who can throw a ball into a net, who can kick a field goal hard, farthest, best, whatever. And they kind of blended that stuff in, too. Spring games are boring and monotonous sometimes. I think as fans or even as media, we kind of roll our eyes. Are they that important? Is it just the 15th practice? I give them credit for, for making this more than just the 15th day or more than just a light day at the end where they don't want to do too much. And that gave it some excitement, too. But we, we did see some actual football. Um, thudding, they call it, which is kind of like touch or flag football. Um, there was tackling in the fourth quarter with guys who I don't think they really cared that they got tackled or hit too hard. And those kids probably wanted it too. that and probably gotten a lot of practice. But from from live football, Will, what were some of your impressions, uh, whether individually or collectively, you know, units on offense, units on defense or offense and defense? Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, the first thing that I noticed was I, I really like Daryl Porter today. I thought that he looked really good in coverage. And that was kind of something that I had noticed from some of the live practices that I'd seen um, and actually a lot of involvement from younger players. Um, one of them being Caden Prather. Um, I thought he looked really good. That was another thing that I had put in my notes when I was at those live practices was that he seemed to have a really good first step on some of the defensive backs and, and made a really nice play today early in the game. Um, so I think it's, it's easy to see the future with, with so much young talent that you can kind of recognize. And I think it's good to see for the fans some of the players that that may you know may get snaps this year may not, but either way, you can kind of see the future um, before we get to maybe a point where they're they're more active. I'm glad you mentioned Porter because I was wondering if anybody was going to ask Brown about Porter. Uh, we got to the very end of his press conference after the the scrimmage, and I just threw my hand up and I was like, well, I guess no one's going to ask because I thought he was excellent out there today, and that's a name we heard a bunch of, um, and didn't see a lot of Jackie Matthews. I mean, he was out there, but. He's kind of been the leader in the clubhouse for that second starting spot. Do you think? Do you think Porter, with one good day, and it sounds like he's been better toward the end here. He's got pedigree. He he proved himself to some extent last year. Do you think he's he can draw even? He has drawn even. Do you even think there's a leader right now as far as that number two quarterback spot, especially with Charles Woods coming in still? Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough. It's it's impossible to say that that one one day or one game would would maybe give him the edge. 
I think that at this point, the the only person that I guess knows for sure, and may, he may not even know, is Neil Brown. I mean, there's it's it's tough to say. Um, I know that he looked good today. Um, I know that we didn't see that much of Jackie Matthews, so that you know could kind of maybe tell his hand. Um, but in terms of a leader, you know, I think it could it could really go either way there. Uh, you mentioned Prather in your words a couple of seconds ago. He was also in your what to watch preview. So kudos to you. You nabbed that one. That was a guy to definitely keep an eye on. Uh, I think a 51 yard catch early in the game too. I don't see a whole lot separating him from playing time. Um, I don't know about starting spot. We'll see. I'm not sure starting spot even matters, but it certainly seems like at that outside position, he's, he's right there. I mean, there's no reason that he won't be on the field in the fall, right? No, I don't see why not. I mean, he's, he's, you know, getting important snaps today. So this is, you know, this is a, this is a real practice. Neil, you said that Neil Brown's kind of treating this like a practice. So if he's getting looks like that and he's already, you know, trusted by some of his quarterbacks, I think that there's there's definitely some trust that's being built early on in his career. And I don't see why that wouldn't translate, um, maybe not into a starting role, but he'll, he'll definitely get touches early in the season, I think. Yeah, certainly one of the highlight plays is that early deep ball from Garrett Green. And to me, I just... I don't know if I'm a pessimist or if I get excited about things like this, but when the ball goes deep from your backup quarterback into the freshman receiver's hands, you've got something there that makes people very excited. And I wondered if they would come back out and dial up a bomb for Dakey just so they could say, listen, that guy can do that too. Don't worry about it. And instead, kind of play Dakey style. I don't want to say dink and dunk. I think that maybe diminishes what he does. No turnover-worthy plays, really. He put the ball on his guys in the end zone. They couldn't catch it sometimes. He moved his offense. He at one time was eight for nine, so he was doing good things there too. And then Green kind of came back down to earth too. It looked, you know, like he wanted to throw a pick six at one point. He hit nine Muhammad in the numbers, <laughs> which is not what you want to do, and that's the spear. But he looked he looked ordinary, but like he's a change of pace guy who's not quite there yet. I don't think that there was much of a question between QB one, QB two. But I don't know. Do you feel better about the gap between one and two? Which doesn't mean that number two is bad. It just means that number one is is that clearly ahead is that is that a fair takeaway here you think i think that's a fair takeaway in terms of one and two but at the end of the day i mean i think they're 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 both guys either way obviously most people expect to go to daggy but i don't think that says anything about green and that doesn't say that he may not find himself with opportunities to play this season kind of in unique situation where he can give those unique looks um and today i think early in the game i saw a few spurts where daggy did look a little bit more mobile um, than what we'd seen in the past and obviously coming off of um, a time where Neil Brown actually said that he was one of the more um, improved players on the entire team I don't think it was um, I think it kind of came as expected that he would um, still remain as the number one quarterback yeah I'm with you the footwork was noticeable and I don't know if that was a point of emphasis or if he's just that much better at it you know maybe out in front of the fans he's like all right I'm going to really do this you know climb the pocket get outside the tackle stuff and show people I can do it, or if that's just innate now. He didn't get a lot of help from his offensive line. We can talk about those five or six guys in a second here, or maybe even the people across him. They had a hard time blocking some good pass rushers, but there were certainly a few occasions where I think he felt it before it got to him and he kept himself out of trouble. And then, you know, the sack rules in this thing are kind of weird. Like, I'm pretty confident one time that he would have gotten around the pressure, stepped up in the pocket and thrown it deep, and they blew the play dead. But it just seemed like it was there to me, so I really wonder – that's not an unreasonable expectation for him. Can he be a guy who makes some things happen outside the pocket too? My thing on Green is that what they've said and thus documented is that he has highs and lows. He has some good plays where he gets outside the pocket and does something. You know, if he breaks it down on his legs and he makes it happen with his arm. 
and then he has some cringeworthy plays, and we saw a couple of them today, too. And you think, all right, like, where are they going to put him into a game? Probably red zone, right? Or, like, a third-and-one situation, which we saw against Iowa State. I don't know if you can afford mistakes in the red zone, and you don't want to punt. <laughs> so I, I, I think he's probably going to have to prove himself and remove some errors and really, really diminish that margin for error because, you know, Daigie's calling card is that he's not going to make mistakes. Maybe he doesn't press the action enough, but that's something you can have him do. Um, I just wonder how Green's going to carve out playing time. And, you know, it's hard to tell from a scrimmage because they're not in game-like situations. But you certainly can see some things where he can run he can roll out. He might be a really good player, you know, on two-point plays or in the red zone or on the goal line. That might be something, too. But we also saw Daigie keep it on a replay and score on a one-yard touchdown run, which they have been screaming at him to do for a while. So maybe, worst-case scenario, the strengths of Green have rubbed off on Daigie, or at least Daigie has gotten the hint that I have to get better at X, Y, and Z because that's where my QB2 is making up the gap on me. And that's, that's positive, no? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jared Parker said the other day that that the, the, the two of them actually do push each other to, to be better, and, and I guess that would be the hope. I mean, at the end of the day, if you have um, an offense that's struggling to get a few yards, once you get close to the red zone, I think... Um, you know, maybe a replay, maybe a replay on, on third down. Um, I think it would be mostly close, closer to the red zone. And then maybe if you're backed up in your own end zone, um, in terms of the middle of the field, I think if, if Dagan can even increase and show his mobility a little bit, I think it, it really does kind of cement him as that number one who would get, you know, close to all of the snaps. Let's go to the offensive line, left to right. And there's maybe some surprises here. They start Brandon Yates, James Committer, Zach Frazier. And then maybe in a surprise, I think, I don't know, we'll see. It all depends on how you feel about the play we're going to name in a second. But your right guard was Jordan Wright, and your right tackle was Parker Moore. Parker Moore was one of the most improved players in camp. He got an award for such. That meant Doug Nestor, who had been a mainstay on the right side with the first team all spring, had backup duties today, second team duties today. He was on the other side of the ball. Um, that said, you listen to Brown afterwards, six guys they really like. It would be that starting five of Doug Nestor. Two or three guys are probably close. I think there you're talking Nick Malone, Tariq Stewart, John Hughes. The fact that Stewart's in that conversation is interesting, but that's three more. And they have really high hopes for Wyatt Milam coming in. Um, they've talked a lot about him lately. Um, six is a good number. Eight's a better number. Ten would be great here, too, but... Uh, 
Uh, you also saw them get backed up a bunch. They gave up some sacks. Uh, Vandarius Callen was really active today, too. Uh, Taj also got inside a couple times. And, you know, they had a hard time with Stills and Mesador, which is the point of that defense. But um, I don't know. What do you attribute it to? Really good pass rush and a, and a talented, accomplished defensive line? Or, you know, still some growing pains here and still trying to iron things out with the offensive line? I mean, I think iron sharpens iron. And when you have two guys um, on the defensive line, I mean, I really like Mesador. Um, obviously, we saw, you know, one of the really big plays that he made today. Um, and and going against that offensive line, I mean, I think that Nestor is going to be a guy. I don't think, I mean, you can read into it a little bit, but I still think that he's going to be very active on that line. Um, I just think that, I mean, I, I still think that our, our defensive line is going to be uh, a big strength with this team, especially with Mesador stepping up into a bigger role this season. I think so. I think it's fair. Uh, I hope people aren't too worried about not having a nose guard now, because I, if you get a look at Mesador in person, I'm like, holy cow, <laughs> that guy's not small. He's not lacking size or strength, certainly not speed and twitch. I think he's going to be a problem inside. If you put him next to Stills, that'll be that'll be problematic, too. Uh, Taj Olsen starts because Jeff Pooler does not go. Other players who don't practice today, uh, Sean Mahone, Jeffrey Pooler, Sean Ryan, Charles Finley. So, um, some important people, Evan Staley as well. So some important people on both sides and special teams weren't there. Austin played. Um, he was good when he was in. That was fine. Again, no problems with Mesador and Stills. Uh, still wondering about their depth in the defensive line. Pooler helps for sure. He's a starter quality defensive end. Um, Jalen Thornton, they wanted to get him some action so much so that he played for both teams today. And then, you know, late on, you saw some some players have a chance, I think. You know, Sean Martin got in, did some stuff. Jordan Jefferson played early. He actually sacked uh, Green got a hand on him I should say uh, in the red zone earlier in the game um, Edward Vesterinen was in for a little bit did some things that looked alright I believe someone told me he was in a boot later in the practice is that true? I haven't seen that yeah, they, yeah they, did, they did zoom on him he was in a boot later in the game I'm not sure what point that was um, yeah. but I think he so, I think he took a seat about midway through the game so I mean just a couple of guys there that, that give you some depth but they're going to need those guys to play well and it's you know Thornton's been around for a while Martin's still young and growing into his body um Staring and you're asking a lot for a guy from another country in his first, you know, experience of college football. Um, but you know, sooner that he gets healthy, the better, of course. But they have a chance there too. But their their top line, defensive line, is good. It's going to give teams trouble, and so I don't think he can really kill West Virginia's offensive line there too. Um, I think story of the day for me was that like you had some you had some splashes on either side, but it wasn't anything big. But um, I don't know about you, I feel a lot better about punting and kicking now, right? Yeah, I mean they, they they each knocked down a few um, during that that field goal competition, so I think you could go either way. Um, but I mean that is seems funny, but that is probably one of the closer battles as we, you know, move past the past spring ball and into the fall. I can't tell if you're humoring me or not here, though. Like I want to talk about kickers and punters most of the time, but I thought it was fun that they put the pooch punting competition out. I have no idea what the kickoff competition was. They explained the rules, and I still don't know how the guy who kicked it shortest shortest with, I think, less hang time until the left won the competition. That was strange. Um, they, they have legs there. Staley's not even out there, uh, but with Casey Leg, Evan, St- Evan Staley, Danny King looks like he's got a boot. He can get rid of it. And then punting uh, Sumter's back. He might be your kicker and punter. But if not, it's great to have that guy on the game because he can do one or the other. I think he'll be the punter. Um, and then, I don't know, a lot of special teams we saw. I'm not, again, not even sure what I saw sometimes with some of the drills, but they are certainly invested in that. And uh, I don't know, maybe if you're getting a lot of takeaways from punting and kicking, that's not the best, but that's kind of what a spring game is here, too. Um, critiques on McBride as a quarterback, what do you think? 
I think he had to shake off the rust a little bit, mm. a little bit early in the throws. Um, I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't know what you really expected more. I mean, he has been focusing solely on basketball the last few years. Um, but I mean, it was still cool to get him out there. Um, throwing around. I think Neil, Neil Brown really liked to get him out there. Um, and obviously it was for the fans. I mean, the fans loved it. They were going crazy for him. So it was pretty cool. Well, there are, as we said, uh, 8,312 people who are wanting to see Deuce go three for three, three times in the net. There's three guys who absolutely don't want that to happen. <laughs> one's Neil Brown, one's Garrett Green, and one is Jared Dagey. Uh, I know the pressure's on Deuce there to be well, to do well, and, and to like actually remember, remind people that he was a quarterback, although I don't think anybody needs to be reminded of that. How much pressure do you think Dagey and Green were under there not to get shown up by the point guard? I mean, obviously, Deuce is an incredible athlete, so I wouldn't even been surprised if he if he went out there and went three for three in another one of those drills. Um, I mean, they're probably feeling a little bit of pressure. I mean, you, you can't get showed up by by your starting guard for your your basketball team. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's all just good fun. I mean, I think there are definitely fans that expect him to go three for three, but I mean, you kind of have to be realistic with it. I've read about this this kind of stuff they put the quarterbacks do before. Like everything they do in practice is is kind of like I said, hurry and it's one or the other. They get as much in as they can, but it all kind of rotates around the quarterbacks. They'll they'll give receivers, tight ends, and running backs different drills, but every one of them incorporates the quarterback and they keep them busy all the time. But the one thing that was cool was this um this target drill, which is what they did today. If you didn't see this, they put a net out that had three pockets in it, and you had to hit the middle pocket on like a pass out of the flat. And then they move that out further down the field, and you have to bootleg from one hash to the other and throw it into the net. And the third one's just a fade that has to come out, and I think they said two seconds, right? Um, and then you just throw it in the big net. I thought Daggy was pretty good in the bootleg one. Like, that looked like it was crisp, um, good fluid movement and zip. And um, I know he hit two out of three in the fade, and he might actually be good at fade passes, so you can't take that away from him. He puts it on the money a couple of times, but... I was encouraged by the, the, the rollout, the bootleg, and the mechanics just to put some zip on that ball. And, and yeah, I, don't th- I think he hit it once maybe in the middle, but he was close to two other times, and maybe that's practice again and again in doing that. But kind of the point with him, that's one of the things you want to see him do is move around a little bit. And I don't know. I thought that was fun. I don't know how much more you're supposed to take from that, but that was that was promising overall too. Uh, and then the awards, there were a lot of them, but they didn't do it at the beginning when people were still filing in. They didn't do them at the end when people were leaving. Right in the middle, made it a feature. Um, we've talked about all these different drills and, and you know gimmicks like Deuce McBride. Let's not sleep on that one. The Iron Mountaineer, the Nicolich Award, and a bunch of award winners, too, right in the middle of the game. I like that. Oh, yeah. I really like that as well. I mean, I think Neil Brown's obviously making an emphasis with the walk-on program. So, so recognizing so many of these walk-ons, especially in-state kids, I think is big for, for the fans to kind of see um, what he's trying to build. Um, and and it's also just cool to to recognize everybody in front of a crowd when we haven't really had fans that many fans in the stadium for the last season. There's a thread on the board right now, Will. Um, it's on the VIP side, so you can't read this unless you subscribe. But um, the question that Chris Anderson poses is, "Hey, what did you learn today?" And there's I know, about two dozen in there so far. Um, I don't. I'm not going to read them because I don't want to give away the answer here. But if you were to log on, Will and submit a comment what did you learn today from watching this i think i learned that that the offense has a lot of young a lot of young talent um a lot of young and i think that with some of the younger wide receivers that we have kind of growing in i i think that this offense is gonna 
meshed together really well this season. Um, I really like what I saw from Daigie. Um, just looked a little bit more comfortable in the pocket, kind of solidifies himself as the number one. Um, and just overly pretty impressed with what I saw from the offense today. I think so. Pieces are there. It's been a process, and they've probably been pointing at this year with a lot of continuity. Um, again, I like their defensive line. If Cowan's healthy, that gives them a dynamic they haven't had at that position. The trouble is he played six games in two years, but he looked good, and he won some awards today, too, for his performance. So I like that. Um, I don't know. I feel I, I'm with you on the offense. I probably put more of my focus on the defense this spring because of the players that they lost and the players that they're waiting to come in. Remember, they, they lose the two good players, and they brought in two transfers who aren't here yet. And people are thinking, okay, you're going to have to wait until Lance Dixon and Charles Woods arrive, and then probably another linebacker, maybe another defensive back too. There's a lot of help on campus now. So when I see a guy like Porter who, I mean, just a week ago, I, I saw him get outmanned by Bryce Ford Wheaton on a, on a pretty simple play, and I was thinking maybe he's not ready yet. He looked like he was ready today. So I think, again, there's, there's a really good chance they could be good on defense, and problem solvers are here. They may get more. That's great. But I think that has people who can fill in gaps, too. Um, we haven't talked about one position I think was probably promising. I really liked Avarius Sparrow today. He had some burst. You wrote about that in your preview. You know, Hammer Mathis. Mathis looks like a tank. Um, he's probably more Letty Brown than Sparrow. I shouldn't even say probably. He definitely is. Uh, I don't think he can do the stuff that Sparrow does because Sparrow is, is speed and balance. It looks like it's going to be hard to knock him down. I, I like him as an in-between-the-tackle guy and uh, a change of pace. I thought he had a pretty good showing today. Yeah, I think, and, and if, if people read this, I was I was talking about this during my preview. Um, but I don't think, from what I saw today, I don't see necessarily think it has to be a two and a three um, with mm -hmm. with either Mathis or I think I think both of them are going to be really good backs. Both have different strengths. I think the thing that I'm impressed by with Sparrow is that it's not even he, he doesn't even take that long to accelerate. It's almost like he shot out of a cannon. He made a really good cutback for a touchdown today, and then and then Mathis as well had a nice couple cuts. Um, so. In terms of, obviously, we're talking about the two behind Letty. I mean, I think it should be really promising to have three good backs that you can trust on so we don't have to put the full weight of, of the carries on Letty because I think um, if we get in a situation where he's getting overworked, um, that's you know what leads to injuries. So having three guys like that is should be really comforting for Mountaineer fans. Burst is right. You're like, I mean, his zero to 60 is pretty quick. I'm not sure what his top end speed is, but he gets there fast. It doesn't, and like you said, that touchdown run, they did a really nice job on the left side, but he saw it and he got there fast. I'm not sure he, I'm not sure it was where he was going right away, but uh, it did not take him long to get there. Uh, well, last one, and we'll go here. Um, I haven't asked you about this, but you heard him address it, and you're certainly aware of the headlines. But six year contract for Neil Brown. Um, I'm not sure today says anything different than what's been said before. I think a lot of people feel like there's a lot of promise in the future uh, and that he's a really good caretaker of the program. And maybe today is one of those examples why a day like today where it's a spring game that gets dressed up a little bit and they make it more than just a mundane thing at the end of the spring. Um, I'm not saying that's why you give him a contract extension, but that certainly is an explanation or a defense of the act. Um, how do you feel about a six-year contract that's worth $23 million? I mean, I'm, right off the bat, I'm, I'm a fan of it. Um, I'm not even going to use the C word, the, the culture word, because uh, it's so overused. But but on paper, you know, looking historically, this team is on the rise in terms of recruiting and, and billing and uh, bringing in top-end talent. Um, so I'm a fan of it. Um, building that kind of family atmosphere, locking down the, the future of the program, what they think is, is going to be the leader of this team. Um, and Neil Brown, so if, 
if the president and, and Shane Lyons agree with that, then I think that that bodes really well um, for the program, having a guy that you, you trust that much to, after two years, um, bring him on for two more. Well, we'll wrap it up here. We'll also take a knee and say a prayer for Isaiah Esdale. Um, I don't know if you caught this, Will, but he wins his <laughs> most productive player award, and Cowan comes over and celebrates and Rochambeau's him right below the belt <laughs> and doubles Esdale over. I have no idea what happened. Uh, I'm not sure everybody's really happy to see that. Esdale certainly wasn't, but again, very, very excitable team here. Look at they were happy to be out there, and that's the battle. Um, last one here. We're recording, I think, right as a baseball game is getting underway. Uh, are they going to figure this out? Are they going to – looks like they're out of the basement. Certainly they take care of business this week. They're probably clear, but they're in the tournament because, remember, only eight teams get in. But um, kind of a mixed bag against Texas Tech. In it, not in it, blown out, win a one-run game. Um, a good win Friday night against a good pitcher. You are you're a baseball expert here. What are the What does the future hold for these guys? I mean, they, they showed really good sports against Texas Tech. I think it's really, you, you kind of have to take it for a grain of salt because Texas Tech is the leader of the Big 12 and, and really one of the best teams in the country. I mean, their offense, they have two guys hitting over 400 with, with over 100 at-bats. I mean, that was, to, to go against that and, and really be in, I guess, two of the three of those games have a chance to win them. I, th- I think that was really big for a young team. And then now you're playing a team, you know, obviously a step down from Texas Tech. I think if you were going to make a run at it, this would be a series that if you were to get a sweep here, you could definitely take some momentum towards the bottom half of the schedule. Um, but the Texas Tech series, losing two out of three there, that isn't the time that you need to, to start waving the flag. I mean, there's still a lot of, a lot of games we played. And I'd like to say trending trending up right now. So I, keep watching the Mountaineers. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm optimistic about it. Lots of home games left, too. Lots of opportunities to come out and watch them. And again, maybe not 8,300 people, but certainly there's an appetite for uh, for sports in the spring here in Morgantown. Today is proof that sometimes it can be worth your while uh, to be watching or in person or on the stream, I guess. But um, hey, come back tomorrow, Sunday, and then the rest of the week, Will, myself, Chris, will have coverage of the spring game and other, again, athletic things happening on the field or, I don't know, in the hallways of the Coliseum about the Mountaineer Athletic Department. Could be games, could be contracts, could be transfers. Who knows? You never know. Maybe you have some NBA decisions for players staying or coming. Uh, kind of feel like a checkered flag a little bit when the spring game comes, but as we know, the off-seasons have been pretty busy here. So um, we will keep you informed if you stay tuned. Until then, I am Mike Kazaza. Across the town, that is Will Aldrich. Had fun. Will, you're right. We haven't done this long enough. Or in, we haven't done this enough lately. Let's make sure we don't wait as long next time. Sound good? Sounds good with me. Thank you, guys. Have a good one, everybody. Take care.